All right, I will say good morning. Let us let us begin. To begin by thanking our sponsors, to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Tishrei, to thank Avram and Shane D. Kalman for dedicating all of the Shi'urim and Drushos this month in memory of their parents, to thank Jack Bennett for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Drushos this month in memory of Givati Brigade First Sergeant Nikolai Rappaport, to thank Linda Weinberg, Dr. Linda Weinberg for dedicating the Shurim this month in memory of her husband, Dr. Paul Weinberg, Peretz, Moshe, and Avraham David. We thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Aaron, Sean, and Judah Elbaum, the Merit of Rafu Shlemer for Ami Ben Chayo. We hope that in the Merit of our Tamatoro, all of those who have need a Rafu will have one together with Kol Choli Yisrael, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah, and the families a Nechama. And above with that, let us begin. So today's daf is Lamed Hay 35. We are picking up Emirat Hashem on Lamed Dalit Amud Beis 34b, 10 lines up from the bottom. So remember, again, just to orient ourselves a little bit, because we were in the middle of a really fascinating discussion, which Emirat Hashem we will continue and, God willing, conclude today, which is the concept of whether or not Shabbos is Kovas Lemaiser. Meaning what? In a typical case, we understand that when does produce become subject to tithing obligations, to miser, ultimately, again, you really need two things. Number one, the completion of the process, complete the process. Processing is done, the produce itself is fully finished, and what we call ri'iyas pene habayis, or ri'iyas achatzer, coming into the courtyard of the home or coming into the home itself. Those are the two processes you need in order to trigger a miser obligation. What the Gemara was dealing with is the possibility that maybe anything you're going to eat on Shabbos, by definition, is also subject to the Meister obligation. Now, what's the logic of that? So the Gemara quoted the Pasuk, the Karasala Shabbos Oneg, that says anything you eat on Shabbos is part of the mitzvah of Oneg, which means that Shabbos... I'm sorry, actually, let me add in one more piece. The other piece is, even... Even if, let's say, the food is not fully processed and the food has not yet seen the entranceway of the home, even then you're only allowed to eat achilas aray, a snack. You're not allowed to eat achilas keva, a meal from untithed produce. The habamina the Gemara was operating with is that maybe anything you eat on Shabbos has the, has the status of what? The status of keva. Status of keva. And therefore, by definition, even if it's not fully processed, or even if it hasn't yet seen the home, it should be subject to the laws of, to, to, to the obligation of Meiser. So that, that's the theme we're continuing on today. And in Merit Hashem, we'll see the halacha lamaisa as well on that. So Amar Zuch read Rav Nachman. So Amar Zuch said name Rav Nachman. Av Anan Nami Tanino. We also learned as follows. Va'od Amar Rabbi Eli Azar. Omeid Adam Alamok Tzeer Shviyas. So we'll say this is our Mishnah. Right, what did the Mishnah say? A person could stand by his produce on Erev Shabbos during a Shemiti year. And remember again, Rabbi Eliezer said, what could he say? Mikan ani I'm eating from here. I'm eating from here tomorrow. Right? So the Gemara says, Taimo, the Shias, the library is certain. Now the only reason this works is why? Because it's a Shemiti year. Because we'll say, what happens on a Shemiti year? What are you exempt from on a Shemiti year? Meiser. Right? There's no, obliga- there's no Meister obligation on a Shemitah year. So therefore, again, Rabbi Eliezer is setting up a very specific case where a person is standing by produce that is currently drying out. Right? It's being dried. And a person wants to go and, and remember, that means Ben it may be inedible. Now remember again, Hilchos Mokta says that what? 
If something is unusable, then what? Then what? It remains unusable for the duration of Shabbos. So what the person is doing is proactively setting aside something for use. From here, I'm going to eat tomorrow. Now, the only reason that works is because he doesn't have a problem. The, the only issue he has to contend with is what? The only issue he has to contend with is muktza. What doesn't he have to contend with? Meiser. Because it's Shemitah. So which sounds like it's only because it's a Shemitah year that he doesn't have to worry about Meiser. But if it wasn't the Shemitah year, this whole this setup would not work because on Shabbos he could not eat without removing Meiser because Shabbos is Koveya. Shabbos establishes a Meiser obligation, but you can't tithe on Shabbos. So the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara says... But you see again for the for the rest of the right, if it wasn't a Shemitah year, this would be problematic. What do you see? The Gemara says, my love mishum kaba. So both say this seems to be a proof to the fact, to the to the to the to the, to the statement that Shabbos itself triggers a meiser obligation, right? That even if produce is not fully processed, and even if there has not yet been a reias penehabayis of bringing it into the home. Every act of consumption on Shabbos is considered to be achilas keva, a meal, and therefore Shabbos, by definition, triggers a meiser obligation. To which the Gemara says, so again, so and we're just trying to prove that from the fact that Rabbi Eliezer sets up his case where I'm designated, I'm designated fruit that is currently drawing for consumption on Shabbos, and the Mishnah Dafka sets it up as a case of Erev Shabbos during Shemitah. Why do you have to bring Shemitah into this? Oh, because Shemitah tells you there's no chiyuv of Meiser, which tells you that had there been a chiyuv of Meiser, this, this, this setup that Rabbi Eliezer is proposing would not have worked. To which the Yorah maybe not. Lo, shiny hasam, kevendam, armikanani, ochalamachar, kava le'iluye. To which the Yorah says, maybe not. Maybe the issue over here is as follows. Even if this wasn't a Shemitah year, the truth is, here's the issue. What is the guy saying on Erev Shabbos, right? He's saying, Mikan Ani Ochal. Now, we remember again, we saw Machlokas between Eliezer and the Chachamim about how specific do you have to be in your designation. Okay, so believing that Machlokas aside, a person is actively saying, I'm going to eat this tomorrow. I'm going to eat this tomorrow. The Gemara suggests, Rabbi Eliezer suggests, that maybe, Kavale that act of actively designating food that you are going to eat tomorrow on Shabbos, by definition, triggers a meiser obligation. There is not so that, and, and, but I want to be clear: nothing to do with Shabbos. It has to do with the fact that the moment you go ahead and you say mikan ani ochel, ultimately again that triggers a meiser obligation. The Gemara says, Ihachi Shabbos, So if that's the case, okay, even if I want to accept that assertion, so then why set up the case as a guy who's standing on Erev Shabbos and making that declaration? If indeed you are correct, that any time a person goes ahead and says, Mikan Ani Ochel, that creates a Keva situation, triggers a Meiser obligation, why set it up as Erev Shabbos? To which the Gemara says, you're right, you're right. Hakamash Malon, the Tevel Muchan who ate on Shabbos, because we'll say, actually, the Mishnah is going to teach me another halacha, which is that technically speaking, they will say, in general, there's an interesting discussion in halacha. 
if you do something that you're not supposed to do, right? If you do something illegal, do the, do the repercussions of your illegal act create a new legal reality or not? Right? That's in general. We find that machlokis many times in halacha. Here's a perfect example. You're not supposed to take tithes on Shabbos. You're not supposed to take meiser. What if you did? What if you did? Is the produce considered to be tithed? To which the Gemara says, yes. To which the Gemara says, the reason why the Mishnah is setting this up as a case of where you're setting aside something on Erev Shabbos is to teach you that tevel, untithed produce, is considered to be muchan on Shabbos, prepared for you, so it's going to be muchan, that if you were to violate the law and to tithe of the produce, the effects of your illegal act would be legally binding. Right? Amazing. So that's, therefore, again, Moses says that's why it's illustrating the halakhi. So, we'll say, so what we have over here, before we go on to Alam and Heban Aleph, what we have over here so far is the Gemara telling you like this, the Gemara toying with the idea that that Shabbos is Koveya. Shabbos establishes a Meister obligation for any food you're going to eat on Shabbos, even if that food is what? Number one, not fully processed, and even if there has not yet been a Re'iyas Pnei Habayis, right, to bring it into the home. The Gemara wanted to prove that assertion from the Mishnah. All the Gemara just did is say, mm, not sure you can do that from the Mishnah, right, because the Mishnah, the Mishkas and the Gemara wanted, the way the, the, way the Gemara wanted to prove it from the Mishnah, was because the Mishnah Dafka sets this up as an Erev Shabbos case during Shemitah, where there is no obligation of Meister during the Shemitah year. To which the Gemara says, maybe not. The only reason the Gemara set it up by Shemitah was to teach you a different halacha, that Tevel is Muchan Hu Legabe Shabbos. What does that mean? That although you're not supposed to tithe Tevel on Shabbos, if you did it, Technically, it works. Top of Lamed Hay. Valo Mosro Choser. But there's a different issue over here, which is about say, in general, the leftovers can be returned. Now, what does that mean? Visham Inon Le, the Rabbi Eliezer, the Amar Kolhecha, the Mosro Choser, Lo Kava. Rabbi Eliezer has a general rule that whenever you take food and the leftovers of that food can be returned, that ultimately your act of consumption is not called. Keva. It's not called Achilas Keva. Now, what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi. We're going to illustrate this in a, with the case in just a moment. But look at Rashi. Rashi says, If you take food, you have, you have a large pile of food, you take some of the food out. But you take it in a way that whatever you don't eat can be returned to the pile or could be returned to the, to the oh, we'll, we'll use the word pile, then by definition, that act of consumption is not called achilas keva. It's actually quite fascinating. In other words, achilas keva, the halacha suggesting means you're taking and whatever you think you're going to eat and whatever you don't eat, what happens to it? Right? Whatever, it gets thrown out. Anytime you could take and return back Ultimately, again, that's called a snack. That's called achilas aray. So let me illustrate this with an example. The Gemara says, "This nan If a person takes olives from a vat, tovel achas achas So what can you do? You could dip them into salt one at a time, and you could eat them, and that's called achilas aray. That's called a snack, and you can eat it even if the olives have not been tithed. Vim tovel benasan lefanav asara chayiv. But if you took out ten olives. 
and you dip them all in salt at once, right? And there are ten olives are sitting in front of you. The Rabbah said, then what? Chayv, chayv and maizir. Why chayv and maizir? Why? Why? Because apparently ten olives are considered to be what? Right? Keva, a meal. And not only that, you can't what? You can't return it back to the vat. Why not? It's been salted. Good. So that's the rule. That's another, another rule in Hilchos Meiser, which is that Halacha Lemaisa, anything that is taken and can be returned, by definition is called Achila. Sorry, another example of this. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Min HaMa'atan Tahar Chayiv, Min HaMa'atan Tomei Potter. Rabbi Eliezer says, if you took it from a vat, which only houses Tahar Olives, then whatever you take from the vat, ultimately, again, you're chayev in meiser. But if you took it from a vat, which was tamei, right, the olives are tameim, then ultimately, again, you're potter from meiser. Why? Because you have the ability to return the leftovers. Well, we asked about this. I don't understand what that means. What do you mean if the olive, what do you mean if the olive, what, if, if, if the vat is tamei, the vat is tar, what, what, what does that mean? Here we go. The first case is talking about a case where the mat on the vat is tar, but the person is tame. So we'll say, what happens if you're tame and you take olives from a tahar vat? Can you return the remainder of the olives? No, because now they're tameim. You can't return the leftovers. Safer, the second case is but if the olives are tame and the person is tame, then what? You could go ahead and return the olives. Again, we're just trying to highlight a principle. And it happens to be, these are all fascinating principles in, in, in Hilchos Meiser, which are about say this idea that by definition, if you could take food from a larger collective group and eat what you want and return the rest, by definition, that's called Arai. That's called Arai. Now, what's interesting about that is it even sounds like that's called Arai, even if what? Even if what? Or independent of? how much you consume or how much you're returning, which is just interesting. In any event, so, so therefore we'll say, what, why does this matter to us? So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, isn't this the case of our Mishnah? But say, remember again, what's the case of our Mishnah? What type of food are we talking about? What are we talking about? Fruit that's drying out on the roof or fruit that's drying out somewhere, right? So this sounds like a case where I could take and return. Right, because remember again, bepashtus we would assume that when you're drying out fruit, you take what you want, and let's say you, you know you're you're drying uh, I don't know figs, and you took off uh, five figs, and you only eat three of them. Bepashtus, you could go ahead and return it back. If you could return it back, by definition, that says it's achilas arai. If it's achilas arai, then what? There's no meiser obligation. If there's no meiser obligation, you can't infer anything from the Mishnah about the power of Shabbos to trigger a Meiser obligation. Because the truth is, even though we're setting it up as a case of Erev Shabbos, it's not really the biggest deal that it's Shabbos, because it's Achila Sarai anyway, and you could return it. To which the Gemara says, Mas Nisin Nami, Tahar, Vigavra Tame. No, no, Armish is talking about a case, we'll say, of where essentially the produce is Tahar, but the individual is Tame. And therefore, I will say, if the produce is Tahar and the individual is Tame, then what? Then what? You can't return the leftovers. Ultimately, again, you can't return the produce. So therefore, again, don't bring up this topic because this topic is inconsequential for our particular case. To which the Gemara says, but aren't it, look at Rashi, 
ultimately again to which the Gemara says remember this is a different kind of case in this case of Osan Arab Shabbos are you taking anything are you taking anything no, all you're doing is dibura ba'amahu, right? It's just simple speech. It's a verbal designation. So this, the truth is, should be even a stronger case because in the case where you're taking and returning, okay, you're actually taking. This case, it's only dibur. Ella, rather, I will say the Gemara says as follows. Rather, the Gemara says, Ella, Amar Avsini Bar Ashi, Rabbi Lazar Ka'amrit, sorry, Rabbi Eliezer Ka'amrit, Rabbi Eliezer Litame. Rabbi Eliezer has a different svara. Do Amar, Truma Kava, the Kol Shekin Shabbos. So we'll say this is very interesting. Rabbi Eliezer has a different approach. Rabbi Eliezer says the taking of Truma goes ahead and establishes an obligation, and all the more so Shabbos. I will say, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. It's Rashi in the intermediate wide lines, first of, first of them. Rabbi Eliezer, Tamei Damar Truma Kavas, Dover Shalom Nikbar Malachto, Shemik Bia Trumaso, Nesar Lachila Sarai Achiyavta Shabbos. So very interesting. This is like this. If you separated that truma from produce that wasn't fully processed, halach the removal of truma, by definition, triggers the obligation for meiser. Okay, now the truth is we're not going to get into that discussion right now. We're more interested in the second part, which is Rabbi Eliezer is on record as saying that what? That halach Shabbos is also kovea. Truma, so if you separate out truma, truma creates a meiser obligation, v'kol shekein Shabbos. And all the more so Shabbos. That will say, now, what's the logic of that? That if taking Truma triggers a Meiser obligation, certainly Shabbos, the, the mere Shabbos itself, triggers a Meiser obligation from anything you're going to eat. So Rashi says, we Shabbos, Techashiva Achilosa. So I will say, because ultimately, this goes back to what we said before, because on Shabbos, every act of consumption is considered to be Achilas Keva. There is no aray. There is no snacking on Shabbos. Everything is considered to be achilas keva. Where do we know? So from this night, here we go. Perus shetarman atshal malachton. If you have fruit from which truma was removed before the fruit was fully processed, Rabbi Eliezer oser le'echol mehen aray. Rabbi Eliezer says you can no longer snack from these. In other words, we must remember again, normally... Before you separate out Maisri, you're allowed to eat Achilas Arai. Rabbi Eliezer says, if you separated out Truma already, you can no longer eat Achilas Arai. The Chum Matim, the Chum say that it's Mutter. Chum say that it's Mutter. She will say, what the Gemara wants to suggest is as follows. That Allah if Rabbi Eliezer holds that Truma triggers a Maisri obligation, right? If you remove Truma from unprocessed produce, that triggers a Maisri obligation, then all the more so, Shabbos, when you eat from unprocessed produce on Shabbos, that will trigger a Meiser obligation. The Gemara says, Tashma mi Seifa, but look at the Seifa. V'chachamim omrim ad shiyir shom v'yormikhan v'adkan. The Chamsi Barabbas, so back in our Mishnah. The Chachamim say, that Allah HaMaiser, they discreet Rabbi Eliezer. And whereas Rabbi Eliezer allows you to say, Mikan ani ochel. From here I will eat. And he makes that general statement. He makes that general statement. The Chachamim say you have to actively demarcate where you're going to eat from. Time of the Arab Shabbos B'Shiyas. 
The only reason that he has to do this is because this is, or the only reason this works is because this is an Erev Shabbos during the Shemitah year, and during the Shemitah year, my obligations don't apply. The Gemara says, Dalabari Surihu, Habishar Shani Shavua, but if you would do this in any other year, where you would have to take my sir, asurim. Ultimately, it wouldn't work. Why? My time, lav mishum kava. The reason it wouldn't work during the non shemitah year is because again, you would have to take my sir from this produce before consuming it on Shabbos. To which the gemara says, "Lo shiny hasam kevan mikan kan ani no, it could be different. I will say, even if you hold that Shabbos doesn't generate a Meister obligation, when you make a declarative statement that says, from here until here I am going to eat, that makes your act of consumption into an Achilas Keva and therefore triggers the Meister obligation. Ihachi, if that's the case, my area Shabbos, Afila Bechol Nami. So if that's the case, then why set up this case as a case of Erev Shabbos during the Shemitah year? Set it up as a weekday. Right, set it up as a weekday. To which the Yomar says, you're right, as we said before, HaKamash Malon, Muchan Hu Eitel Shabbos, Shim Avar Betikno Mitukon. Because the Yomar is teaching me another secondary halacha, which is that Tevel is considered to be ready for consumption on Shabbos. And even though it is illegal to go ahead and separate out Meiser, if you did so, your illegal act would create positive legal consequences. Namely, again, that the produce would be Mu'usr, would be, would be tithed. Or minis, or raise the say So again, we're still stuck in the same place, which is what is the impact that Shabbos consumption has on untithed produce? Does Shabbos render every act of consumption into an achilas keva? In which case, even if the produce is not fully processed, and even if there has not been a reias penayabayis, you can't eat from it because you tra- Shabbos itself triggers a maestro obligation or not. That's still the million dollar question we're trying to answer. We have not yet successfully answered it. So the Gemara goes by to another case. Or minhi, or minhi, if you're eating a cluster of grapes, what's the status of grapes in terms of Hilchos Maestros? So if you look in the wide lines of Rashi, three lines down, it's very interesting. This is fascinating. In the Gemara's view, a cluster of grapes is an unfinished product. Because the majority of grapes are used for wine. Again, this obviously is a societal, a societal designation as well. Because again, we I think would look at a cluster of grapes as a finished product. But from the Gemara's perspective, the majority use of grapes was to create wine, and therefore a cluster of grapes in halacha is looked at as unfinished produce. Okay, so now watch this. You're eating a cluster of grapes. Vinichnas migina lechatzer. And you walk in from your garden, from your field, into your chatzar. Now, remember again. Now, what's the, now, why is that halachically significant? Why is that halachically significant? Because remember again, the chatzar is what? The chatzar is what? Chatzar is one of the areas that triggers a meiser obligation, right? Either bringing it into your home, bringing it into your chatzar. So now I'm walking, eating unfinished produce, eating a cluster of grapes. I walk in from the gina, from my garden, into the chatzar. The Shaila now, of course, is what's my Meister liability, if any? Rabbi Eliezer Omer Yigmar. So we're going to define what this means. But Bipashtos, Rabbi Eliezer says, finish up. 
finish up. Rashi says, Rabbi Lezer, Amor Yigmar, in Ratzel Ligmar Bechalte Yigmar Chila. So, the in Chatzar Kova, and Sarva Shalimar Malachtos. We'll say what it sounds like is happening. Rabbi Lezer says, it's fine. You could continue to eat your grapes. Why? Because bringing unfinished produce into a Chatzar does not trigger a Meiser obligation. The only thing that triggers a Meiser obligation is what? Bringing finished produce into your chatzar. But unfinished produce in your chatzar, keep on eating. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, lo yigmar. Rabbi Yeshua says, you may not continue to eat. Okay? So it sounds like what Rabbi Yeshua is saying is, even bringing unfinished produce into the chatzar triggers the Meiser obligation. Okay, that's part one. Part two. Chashcha b'leli Shabbos. What happens if, again, you're, you're, you're eating these grapes on Erev Shabbos, you bring them into your chatzar, and now it's Shabbos night. Now it's Shabbos night. Rabbi Eliezer Omer Yigmar. Rabbi Eliezer says, you can still finish the grapes. You can finish the grapes. Rabbi Yeshua Omer Lo Yigmar. And Rabbi Yeshua says, you cannot finish the grapes. Can't okay, finish the grapes. So I will say, so the Pashtos, look at Rashi just a moment. So Hagi Garcin and Chash Chalei Shabbos 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 Yigmar. In Ratzel Ligmar Kihechi Dar Bechatzar Amar B'Shabbos Sigmar Chalos Dein Shabbos Kovas Davar Shalom Ligmar Malatzos. So I say, sounds like over here that what Rabbi Eliezer is saying is the same way that your Chatzar does not trigger a Meiser obligation for what for non fully processed produce Shabbos also doesn't trigger a Meister obligation. Therefore, Rabbi Yosua says, Ah, Shabbos, finish the cluster. Rabbi Yeshua says, the same way that your chutzner triggers a Meister obligation, even for unfinished produce, unfinished processed produce, so too does Shabbos. To which the Gemara says, so we'll say, so that's a pretty explicit, this is basically Rabbi Lezer holds that Shabbos is not Koveya. To which the Gemara says, Hasam Kedik Tani Taima, Rabbi Nasan Omer, Lo Kish Am Rabbi Lezer Yigmar B'chatzer, Yigmar, as, rather, Ela Yotzi Chutz Lachatzer V'Yigmar. So I'll say this is incredible. When, when Rabbi Eliezer says, when Rabbi Eliezer says, I'm sorry, Ketaimid Rabbi Nassan, Taimid Rabbi Nassan, Omer, Taimid Rabbi Nassan, Rabbi Nassan really meant like this. Lo Kishon Rabbi Lazar Yigmar B'Chatzer, I disagree with Rabbi Lazar who holds that you can finish it in the Chatzer. Ela Yotzi Chutz Lachatzer V'Yigmar. Rather, take it out of the Chatzer and finish it in the Gina. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. What, what it means ultimately is that one opinion is saying, take it out to the Chatzar, finish it in the Chatzar. I'm not finishing it in the Gina, not in the Chatzar. And when we say ultimately Yigmar, it means don't finish it on Shabbos, rather finish it on Motzei Shabbos. Here we go. Echad Shabbos, ve'echad Shuma, ve'echad Chatzar, ve'echad Mekach, Kulon ein kovin ella bedavar shenigmara malachton b'shabes. When Ravin came along, he said in the name of Yochanan as follows. He said, whether it's Shabbos, the removal of truma, bring it into a chaser, using it for for commercial purposes, none of these things create a meiser obligation, unless of course what, unless of course the produce is fully processed. So I will say, it sounds like over here the Gemara is reaching a conclusion that Allah Lamaisa, as powerful as Shabbos is, and as transformative as Shabbos is when it comes to consumption, when it comes to Achila, even Shabbos cannot trigger a Meiser obligation unless the produce 
has been fully processed. Now hold on to this. We're going to go through all of these cases and then we'll see the Rambam. And this comes to exclude the position of Hillel. Because what did Hillel say? This If a person piled fruit from one place to another place in order to allow the fruit to dry out and it becomes Shabbos, Hillel said that the produce is Aser. Right? When it says La'atzma, I mean, he was, he was a Das Yochid. A singular opinion that the produce is not fit for consumption because Shabbos creates a Meiser obligation and you can't tithe on Shabbos. Amud Beis, Chatzar. What's the case of Chatzar? That comes to exclude the case of... So remember again, Ravin is saying, Ravin is saying that Shabbos only establishes a meister obligation if the produce is fully processed. That comes to exclude the position of Hillel, because Hillel holds that Shabbos can generate a meister obligation even for non-fully processed food. Okay, next thing Ravin said is even when you bring your produce into the chatzar, a chatzar only generates a meister obligation for what? Fully processed food. La if a person spreads out his figs in his in his chutzar for right to dry out, his family members could snack from the figs and it's part of a meiser, which again because it's not fully processed. Vitania law, Rabbi Yaakov Mechayiv, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Yehuda Poter, and we learned about this. Rabbi Yaakov says no, you're chayiv. We'll say now, why does Rabbi Yaakov say you're chayiv? Because Rabbi Yaakov holds that once the produce is in the chutzar, even if what. Even if the produce is not fully processed, the mere bringing it into the chatzar generates the meister obligation. So the Gemara says, Rabbi right? Shuma, when Ravin said, Ravin? Yeah, when Ravin said that halacha lamaisa, that Shuma, that, uh, that taking of Shuma, right? We have this case in the Gemara. If you took truma out of unfinished produce, that does not generate a meister obligation. If you took truma from produce that wasn't fully processed, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer says you can no longer snack from that produce. And the chum say that it's motor. So Ravid is coming to exclude the position of Rabbi Eliezer. Good. Mekach, what's the case of using unfinished produce for in a, in a, in a sale transaction, a commercial transaction? Here we go. If you purchase figs from an Amaaretz. So I'll say Amaaretz in this context means what? Someone who's not versed in the of Shumas Amaisrus. So what's the Allah? In a place where the majority of people make cakes, suppressed figs, you can go and you could snack from these figs. But you have to tithe them again as demai. Remember again, demai means questionable produce from an amaaretz. You learn from here three things. Number one, just because you purchase something doesn't automatically trigger a meister obligation. Unless, of course, the, process, the, the produce was fully processed. Interesting enough, I will say, you see from here that, in fact, interestingly enough, we assume that the majority of Amea Aretz do tithe. The Gzera of Demai is only there to be careful with the minority who do not. 
The reason we know that is because the Lashon over here is Ma'asrin Demai. We take Meiser from the Demai. It doesn't say Ma'asrin Esaperos. Right? Ma'asrin Esaperos means we actually believe the majority of Ameya Aretz do tithe. But the minority who don't cause us to have to retithe certain things. And you see from here also that we go ahead and we take Meiser from Demai of Anama Aretz, even if it has not yet been fully processed. To, to exclude the following position. If you exchange fruit with your friend, and both parties, Ruven and Shimon, exchange fruit, and both of them are going to eat the fruit. Zeliktos v'zeliktos, or they're both going to dry out the fruit. Or zeliktos, or one is going to eat and one is going to dry out the produce. Chayiv, ultimately again, chayiv in Maisra. Behuda Omer, le'echol chayiv liktos pacha. Behuda says, no, no, no. The only time we ever generate a Maisra obligation is when you're going to be engaged in an act of consumption of achilo. But if you're just going to put it out to dry, there is no Maisra obligation. So I both say, how do we paskin? Right, because again, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, let's emerge with a, with a piece of halacha l'maisovir. So I will say this is in Hilchos Meiser in the Rabbam, Perek Gimel Halacha Gimel, Gimel Gimel Hilchos Meiser. And here we go. I will say this is actually a good halacha to know. The Echad Mishisha Dvarim Kovel Meisros. Any of the following six things create an obligation to take Meiser. Any of the following six things. Trigger a maestro obligation upon produce. Number one, ve'eluhein. Here, here we go. Habayis, bringing produce into the home. Hamekach, going ahead and engaging in a transaction with produce. Ha'esh, cooking it. Melach, salting it. Truma, taking truma from the produce. And Shabbos. And Shabbos. But, very important qualification. Ve'kulan ein koven ela. So what's here have in the Rambam, the Rambam Paskins, the Halacha Lamaisa, all of these six things. So working backwards, remember again, we were super focused on Shabbos. And what we wanted to know essentially was, could Shabbos go ahead and generate a Meiser obligation on produce that was not fully processed? And the answer to that question is no. Shabbos is powerful in that Shabbos, we'll say, here's what happens with Shabbos. With Shabbos, halacha lemaisa, again, there's no achilas aray. So anything you eat has the status of keva. So even when during the week you'd be able to go ahead and snack on something without having to take maiser, Shabbos doesn't allow you to do that. But I will say, but halacha lemaisa, bringing maiser into the home is only, only triggers a maiser, I'm sorry, bringing produce into the home only triggers a maiser obligation if the produce is fully completed. Transaction, cooking, salting, truma, all of these things only trigger a meiser obligation if the fruit is, or if the produce is fully processed. Good, I will say, that is the halacha l'maysa, hadjun halacha mevi, mazel tov, brand new parak. Mashil in peros derech So it's an interesting case. Still with the drying, not shumas l'maysers now, but still with the drying out of the fruit. So the imagery is the same. You have placed, you have spread fruit out to dry on your rooftop. So now what happens, I will say, you want to go ahead and we'll see, let's say it's, it's about to rain. So you want to go ahead, you don't want the produce to get wet. So what do you want to do? You want to push the produce into your home. So you have a skylight. Remember I will say they're operating with a flat roof. So you have a flat roof with a skylight. My fruit is, my fruit is sitting on top of my roof. So the Mishnah says, Mashilin peros derech You could lower the produce through the skylight. 
Both of the posts, so this guy liked. Be yomtiv. Avalo b'shabbos. You can do this on yomtiv, but you cannot do this on Shabbos. Umechas and peros bekelem medlav. Similarly, again, if you have produce that is sitting on the roof, and let's say there's water dripping, or this, actually, I take that back. This doesn't even have to be on the roof. This could be in your home. The point over here is you have produce dripping, uh, sorry, you have water dripping on the produce. You can go ahead and cover your peros with kalim, right? You can go ahead and cover your fruit with some type of clean in order to prevent it from getting ruined. Now, say we're going to see what's the chiddish in that. What's the chiddish in that? Remember, again, Abba say we, we, have, we, we, we have the opinion of Rabbi Nechemiah, which, again, in the Hilchos Mukta world, we often don't reference because we're more focused on Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Nechemiah holds that what? A kli can only be moved for what purpose? For a specifically designated useful purpose. So, the, and, and any other usage will be tircha yisera. So the mission teaches you, we don't pass in that way. And halacha lamaisa, you can move a kli to cover your produce so it doesn't get ruined by the dripping wine. The chen kade yain, the kade shemen, same thing with, did I say dripping wine? Right, dripping water, sorry. Right, the chen kade yain, the kade shemen. So too, if you have, if you have jugs of wine or jugs of oil, and there's water dripping on it, and you want to protect them, you could place a kli on top of them. V'nostin kli tachas hadalaf b'shabbis. So what else can you do? You, let's, say you have a, let's say you have a leak in your roof. You can go ahead and place a kli underneath that roof. Now, I'll say, remember again from Smichas Chavar, we learned that in Hilchos Moktza. What's the issue involved there? Little Chazara. Good. I'm sorry? So it could be an act of stira. Good. It's mevatal kli mehechano. Right? Ultimately, again, you're negating the kli from being useful anymore. So whether that's stira, good. We're going to see, we'll see this. So we'll say, that's the Mishnah. That's the Mishnah. So itmar, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Nasan, Chad, Tani, Mashilin, Bechat, So we'll say, so the first thing we're going to do, interestingly enough, is spend a little bit of time on linguistics, right? On, on, the, on the word choice. So remember again, the Mishnah said, Mashilin, Peros, Derech, Aruba which means that you could lower fruit through the skylight on Yom Tif. On Yom Tif. So the Gemara is just talking about the word use. So Chad Tani Mashilin, one version had the word Mashilin, Vechad Tani Mashchilin. The Gemara says, Amar Marzutra, Mandat Tani Mashilin lo Mishtabish, Mandat Tani Mashchilin lo Mishtabish. Marzutra said, the truth is, either word works. We're going to see they both mean the same thing, which is to lower. To lower. Mandat Tani Mashilin lo Mishtabish, so the one who says mashilin that works why dixiv ki because quotes over here quotes over here the pasik in devarim the pasik says ki yishal zeisecha ki yash ki yishal zeisecha so so the way we translate that is that the tree the tree will throw down its fruit ki yishal zeisecha so we'll say so therefore mashilin is borrowed from the biblical lashes is borrowed from the yishal umandetani mashilin lo mishdabish. The one who says mashchilin is also not mistaken. Why? What does mashchilin mean? So the Gemara says, Disnan hashachol v'hakosl. So we'll say, the Pasuk over here, or the Gemara over here, is talking about different, different um, mumin in an animal. And what's shachol? Shachol, shenishmata yirecho. Shachol means the animal's hip was dislocated. So we'll say, so the imagery there is, the hip came out of its socket and went down. See, so mashchilin is also a lashon of falling down. So kasl is just one of the hips that's harder than the other. Fine. The point we're both say is that whether you want to use mashilin or mashilin, both are correct. 
Oman, the Gemara says, Oman de Tani, Mashkir lo Mishtabish. Oman de Tari, Manshir lo Mishtabish. So it comes along Rav Nachman and says, by the way, whether you have, whether you use Mashirin, Mashkirin, or Menashrin, all of those words are correct as well. They all mean falling down. It's not incorrect. Why? Rabbi Shmuel Omer, Nazir lo yachof rosho ba'adama. A Nazir cannot wash his head with earth. Right? In other words, I guess use earth as a type of shampoo. Why? Because it'll cause hair to come out. So you see, mashir means what? Something to fall out. Right? Fall out and fall down. Oman detani mashkirin lo mishtabish, and the one who says mashkirin is also not mistaken. Disnan hashachar v'hazug shalasaparim. Both say shachar is a razor, zug are scissors. Afapisha nechluku tameim. Both say dahilchas tumas kevim. Even if they became, even if the parts of the kli became um, detached, thank you, from one another. They still have the ability to go out and become tame. So we'll say we don't care about I mean, we care about tumah, but for our purposes right now, the point over here is that a razor is called the shahar. Now, what does a razor do? Right, it causes it removes hair and the hair falls down. That's the idea. So that's why if you have lashna mashkirin, it works as well. Uman detani minashrin or manshirin manshir minashrin lo mishtabish tisnan misha nashru kelav b'mayim mahalich b'hen ve'ino choshesh. So we'll say an interesting case. Right? If somebody's clothing became soaked with water, we had this in Malabing, as we learned if somebody's kalim becomes soaked with water, ultimately again, mahalich bahem, you could walk in them, you could continue to walk in them. Rashi says over here, So I'll say, remember again, we had this case in a little bit of Khazar Smichas Khaver. So you could go ahead and you could wear it. And what the, Gemara, what the Gemara actually is, is highlighting over here, something very interesting, which is we're not concerned about marasayim. In other words, if someone sees me wearing a wet garment, let's say well, I got stuck in the rain and now it's sun's out, someone's going to see me wearing a wet garment. The Gemara says, what could they suspect? That I laundered the garment. The Gemara says that we're not choshesh. We're not choshesh. Ultimately, again, that halacha lamaisa, we're not choshesh that that somebody will think that I laundered the garment. Good. So we, we saw, by the way, in Smicha Skavar, we saw that there's an additional issue of wearing wet clothing, which could be an issue of what? Of schita, right? Of schita. But again, normally the, we, we're, not, we're not sorry about schita because it's real, for a variety of different reasons. Okay, the Gemara says as follows. So the point of what I will say is that now, the Lashon of Menashe means the rain, the rain ultimately comes in, right? The rain comes in and then the rain also comes out of the garment. There is no concern. So you see again, the Lashon of Menashrin is also a proper Lashon. Inami mehad is not ezehu leket. What's leket? Hanosher bishas katsira. It is grain that falls out of my hand during the time of harvest. So I'll say, so the point is you have a whole bunch of different, so the point that Mar is making us aware of is that there are many different versions of this Mishnah that use different opening words to highlight the same dynamic, and it's absolutely fine. Beautiful. So Tznan, we'll say it's got a little bit weiter. So Tznan, Mashilin Peros Derech Aruba, you can go ahead and lower the produce through the skylight on Yom Tiv. Ad Kama. 
Rabbi, here's an interesting shayla. The interesting shayla is how much produce do you have the ability to go ahead and lower? In other words, Rabbi, the Mishnah just says you could lower produce through the skylight. So the shayla ultimately is, is there a cap? Right? Is, is there a certain amount you're allowed to go ahead and lower? And no more than that. So we'll say, listen to this. So ad kamo. So the Gemara says, We'll have another example of this. So we'll say, let's say the following situation. You're having company over. Or for that matter, again, you're giving a shear. You want to learn in the base medrash. But there are, there are, there are baskets of hay, of, of, of straw. So what's Talacha? You're allowed to move up to four or five baskets of straw in order to make room for your guests or in order to go out and make room in the base medrash. So that's giving us a shear. That's giving us an amount for the amount of straw that one is permitted to go ahead and move on Yom Tif. So Bipashtos, maybe we should say it's also four or five baskets worth that's the amount you can move. Well, no, maybe that case is different. Why? Because they will say, there, there's a real need. In other words, I need the space. I need the space. I need the space for my guests. Or I need the space for people to learn the base madrash. But in this case over here, where I don't need the space, I don't need the space, maybe again, I'm capped at a much smaller amount. Inami. Furthermore, again, maybe in the case of the four or five baskets of straw, that's permitted. Why? I'm sorry, that was a case of Shabbos. And by Shabbos in general, we're not worried that if we allow you to do something, you're going to come then to take shortcuts with the rest of Shabbos as well. Because Shabbos in general is considered to be very chamer. However, but maybe on Yom Tiv, where we're concerned, since Yantav already has certain kulas, we're concerned that if we allow you to move so much produce, you're going to come to take other liberties with Yantav, then maybe we should cap you at a much, much smaller amount. Or maybe there's another possibility, let's say other possibility. By the case of Shabbos, so remember again, just to point out what's happening over here, we have two cases. Our Mishnah says you could lower produce through the skylight in the window. What doesn't the Mishnah say? What doesn't the Mishnah say? How much produce? I'm comparing that now to another case in Shabbos. The case in Shabbos says if I have baskets of straw and I left baskets of straw in my dining room, I can go ahead and move it in order to accommodate guests. Or I left baskets of straw in the base medrash, I can move it in order to go ahead and make room in the base medrash. I can make room in the base medrash. So we'll say, if you take a look at Rashi, just a moment, by the way, Rashi says over here, um, actually, no, don't worry. So, okay, so now the shayla is, the shayla is, should I take, should I take the amounts by Shabbos and apply them to Yom Tiv? To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara kind of equivocates and goes back and forth and makes arguments in both ways. The last part the Gemara says is as follows. Inami le'idach gisa. Maybe I could say the reverse argument. So the Gemara just wanted to say, well, maybe you can only move four or five baskets by Shabbos because in general, people are more vigilant by Shabbos than they are by Yom Tif. But if you allow people to move that volume of produce, four or five baskets amount, by Yom Tif, 
Oh boy, what they're going to do, what, how they're going to trample on the sanctity of Yom Tiv. Now the Gemara goes in and makes a reverse argument. Inami, li dachis. I can argue the opposite way. Hasam hainu taima dileka hef sidmamun. say, in the Shabbos case, in the Shabbos case, there's no financial loss, right? In the Shabbos case, why am I moving the straw? Why? Why? I need the space. It's a space issue, right? But there's no financial loss. Avahacha deika hef sidmamun afilu tuvanami. We'll say now the Gemara makes the counter argument that maybe over here by Yamti. Remember, why am I moving produce for both sides? The Gemara doesn't say it explicitly, but I understand contextually why am I moving produce? Why? Because it's about to rain, right? I'm moving produce because at the end of the day, I am concerned that halacha la it's going to rain and stuff is going to get ruined. The Gemara suggests maybe because the case of Yamti has an element of financial loss, maybe I should even be able to move more produce. In other words, Shabbos is a case where I need the space. Space, you're limited to four or five baskets of straw. Yumtiv, where there's financial loss, maybe I should be even able to maybe I should be able to move more produce in that. We'll say we'll stop over here for today. I'm leaving you with this question. We'll pick up a mirror session tomorrow with the continuation of the discussion. How much produce are you allowed to move through the skylight on Yumtiv? I will say tomorrow's Rosh Chodesh, we begin at 5.45 a mirror session tomorrow and Thursday. I'll send it out on the chat as well. Thank you.